You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Linda Baldwin. And we're broadcasting this morning from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. If you missed our first interview, you can always go back and listen to it again. It's one worth going back for. Hope Haven, a great organization to uh, support and get involved if you can. You can hear the podcast of that interview on realpresenceradio.com, or you can download our free app at Real Presence Radio. So, he also told me, Mom, when he came in, and this one's for Lori Calgard if she's listening, he saw one of our billboards and and changed the station to 94.5. Yay! Billboards awesome. work! Yay. That's wonderful. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yay! He's like, because it says, Catholics believe what? And he's like, yeah, what do you believe? So that's interesting. But um, so I wanted to talk with mom, have a little banter with mom this morning about Holy Week, because ever since I can remember, Holy Week has been a big deal in our household. Right, right. I love Holy Week. And at first, and I know that life hasn't always been like this, but I can remember as a teenager just being like, again, we have to go to Mass (laughs) again. (laughs) So let's first, let's start with the basics, shall we? I mean, okay, why not? Holy Week is what? Holy Week is um, (laughs) the week of Easter. (laughs) The week before Easter. Yeah, your headset's falling off. <laughs> the, um, Holy Week starts um, as a normal week, and then as you get to the end of the week, it's Holy Thursday, which is the Mass of the Lord's Supper, and then a Good Friday, which is the day um, of the crucifixion, and then Holy Saturday, um, which is a day when... Um, we are preparing for Easter Sunday, and uh, I love Holy Saturday the best because it's the Easter what? Vigil. Yeah, oh, really? Yes, okay. I love the Easter Vigil. And then um, Easter Sunday. So it's um, just three powerful days leading up to Easter Sunday full of of lots of Catholic tradition and beautiful, beautiful liturgies. Yeah. Well, and I think if you have never participated in all of the things that go on, you know, during Holy Week, um, this is the year to try it. This is the year to get out. And I don't know, um, not everybody is having um, prayer services and masses at this time. But if your area is, I would highly recommend participating in what Holy Week has to offer because it, it makes Easter completely different. Right. Completely different. So let's begin with Holy Thursday. Some of the things we might see at Mass on Holy Thursday. It's the Mass of the Lord's Supper, and it's um, like the Last Supper. It is um, uh, all of the the special parts of it are um, derived from the Last Supper. And so um, it was the institution of the Eucharist was at the Last Supper, and the Mass usually begins with a procession of the 
um, in the beginning part of the Mass, a procession of the oils that were blessed at the Chrism Mass. Mm. And we had our Chrism Mass here um, in this diocese last Thursday. And I know, um, I think the Chrism Mass is this week in the Diocese of Rapid City. And so all of Everyone does it a little different. But so what is Chrism Mass? Chrism Mass is where the bishop, um, traditionally they have all the priests of the diocese come together for a Mass, and the bishop presides, and they, uh, the priests renew their vows um, at that Mass, and then the bishop blesses the oils that will be used in the diocese for the whole year. And so he blesses the three different oils. Um, they put the chrism into the oil for... Um, the chrism oil for the for confirmations and baptisms and ordinations of bishops and, mm. um, and so they process up and they'll have like a catechumen bring up um, the oil uh, and then the someone who's sick will bring up the oil of the sick who's been sick um, and mm. then someone who's being confirmed will bring up the oil oh, wow. the oil of chrism depending on and everybody does it a little different yeah every every parish will do yeah. Um, but it's just beautiful and very, and if you know the people in your parish and you see them coming up, you'll be like, oh, that's so exciting that, you know, because you know the story of each of the people bringing it up. Um, and so that just makes it all that much more powerful and how we truly believe that these oils have a purpose and, and represent something so huge in our faith that mm-hmm. we just believe in in the power of the prayer and the um and the beautiful things that god has given us to pray with the oils and right. the candles and the music and the the church and uh, you know yeah. it's just wonderful and Do so you know by any chance <clears throat> so folks if, if you've ever wondered <laughs> you haven't i know you haven't but if I ever have a question, my mom's the first person I go to for the answers. <laughs> but so she might not have all the answers today for the questions I ask her. So we'll forgive her. But um, <laughs> do you know what they do with the oils from the year before? Lots of them, they use them up and their uh, oils have to be treated. Um, and this, again, is is what each parish Cathedral will do. and Rapid City did. But, but um, there are. It's it's not um, they, you can't just throw it away. You have to put it in in um, treat it. Things that are are blessed need to either be burned mm-hmm. or buried in in some place that is is sacred ground. You know that right. isn't going to you know you can't just so they put them in the sacred ground, ground probably. Uh, and a lot of things are get burned. You know that are like. Leftover oil could could be burned if it's if it's gotten too old. Hmm. They could burn the oil. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what most parishes so, do with theirs. Holy Thursday, we've we've gotten to the procession. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but yeah. that's beautiful. I didn't yeah. realize. You know, it's like presenting the oils. Yeah, to um, the parish. To the parish from the bishop. Yeah, and then. Um, and that's a tradition that goes way back because um, the bishop used to, um, the bishop of Rome, the pope, used mm-hmm. to bless the Eucharist, and then people would take it out, and that's that's how Stephen was was um, a martyr because he was taking out something oh, blessed, wow. you know, the Eucharist blessed by the, mm-hmm. by the pope. Mm-hmm. So um, then they do the washing of the feet. Um, they have twelve people. Um, 
and you can use a different number. You know, if you're a small parish and there are only 18 of you there, <laughs> they don't have to wash all 12 people's feet. But Why washing of the feet on that's, Holy Thursday? That's what happened at the Last Supper. Um, Jesus washed the feet of the, of the apostles. And so it's very powerful to remember um, that we are called to be servants and to serve each other and do um, the first shall be last. And that's... Um, well, that's a very powerful image, especially if you're at a cathedral to watch the bishop wash people's feet. Yes. Because you're just like, oh, no, that is just so gross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or just so demeaning and whatever to yeah. think. You know, it just puts a new perspective. Okay, if we're feeling that way about our bishop whom we love. Right. You know, and their feet back then. Yes, would have been filthy and... They walk in sandals in the dust. Just like those little kids who need the wheelchair walking in all the gross stuff. The streets were that way. So it's it's a very powerful reminder of of being a servant. Um, beautiful Mass. And so then it's the Mass of the Lord's Supper. So it's um, the last Mass that we'll have until the Easter Vigil. Then there's no other Mass after that Mass is completed. Um, and the... Um, tradition is that on Good Friday there's no holy water so after Mass they go around and empty all the holy water out. They empty the tabernacle. There should be no hosts in the church. The tabernacle should so be So they empty. take them out on Thursday? Uh, um, they do a procession after Mass into um, um, to take Jesus from the from the normal tabernacle. The um, I know the cathedral in Rapid City, they process into the ladies' chapel, and it's decorated as as a garden. And they take the, they have adoration until midnight, and then Jesus is, is no longer available after midnight. So on Good Friday, there is no Jesus in the church. And it it is just so natural to want to go and spend all day Good Friday at adoration, and Jesus isn't there. And well, so, and I think it's important. I... <clears throat> I'm glad that we're kind of talking about the logistics because even though we're Catholic, if you go to one of these masses, it might feel awkward mm-hmm. because you're like, well, now what are they doing? Cause you know, the normal mass, right. you know, but Holy week, you're kind of like, uh, what are they doing now? Where are they going? Should I follow? What am I, you know, right. you know, things like that. So I'm glad that we're talking about what mm-hmm. to expect because right. I really hope people can make it to yeah. some of these special masses. So then on Friday, when you go into the building, there is no holy water, no holy water, no Jesus, and it's just the empty tomb. Everything's the, covered with the purple cloth. Yeah, depending on where you are, if they yeah. if they still cover. So then, um, is there a service you can go to on Friday then, if there's no mass? And you'll have to check your parish because every parish does it differently. Some do Stations of the Cross, and some do them at noon. Some do them at three o'clock. Some do Divine Mercy Chaplet at 3 o'clock. Um, the venev- veneration of the cross is usually like a 7 p.m. Um, and it's a whole beautiful service. Um, and then um, in the service they do um, allow people to come up and kiss the foot of the cross. And it's um, just very powerful to be... There and there's no corpus on the cross. It's just the veneration of the cross. It's not a crucifix. It's, it's just a cross. Um, it's very powerful to kiss the cross um, on Good Friday, and then um, 
they're allowed to have a communion service at as part of the veneration of the cross if they're doing that on Friday evening. But they don't consecrate it that no, day. No, it's been consecrated on Holy Thursday. And then... Um, it's amazing how empty the church feels. I know it. You just do know that it's... And and the the first thing that reminds you of it is when you stick your hand in the holy water font because you can't walk in without doing that. Maybe it's out of out of your practice right now. I know I know it. At Christ the King, it's a joke, but um, that Father doesn't know, so don't tell him. But um, we have water the, now, by the way. But. Yeah. But at the beginning of COVID, they put music hymnals on top of the holy water fonts, and then they put. Um, hand sanitizer on the top and one of the parishioners dubbed us um, Our Lady of the Hand Sanitizer. And so, so every time I see a hand sanitizer in a church that's a, you, you want to make a sign of the cross and do Our Lady of the Hand Sanitizer. But <laughs> we no longer have Our Lady of the Hand Sanitizer. And so we, are, we, have, we have moved on. We have moved on. But <laughs> oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, um, but the first thing that, that, that it, it's just such a, um, an overwhelming feeling, mm-hmm. like you feel like God really did go somewhere when you stick your fingers in the holy water and there's no water in there and you, you just pull your hand back quick, like you get burned. And it's just the funniest feeling because you know, God hasn't changed that this is just a human, a human ritual that we're going through to remind us of of what happened at at the real you know passion of the Christ and so it's totally a reminder but you just feel like and then there's no no Jesus in the tabernacle it the just tabernacle doors open yeah and you so it just it's just like oh. ah, you know and and you know that it's everything is okay but it it just gives you that that feeling and you and um it's powerful to know how much it really means to you. Yeah. And yes. it, it's nice to be reminded once a year how blessed we are with simple things like holy water and Jesus in the tabernacle that we take it he's for granted. There whenever and he's, we need. he's always there in the yeah. church. And so it's um, nice to be reminded of what great blessings we have. Yeah, absolutely. Not take it for granted and... And COVID has taught us that more than anything, not right? being able to go to Mass and, and, and doing Holy Week on the Internet. I mean, no! How could, you know, just, last year was painful. Yes, what did yes. you say? We've been in... Yeah, it, Lent started last year and it never ended. And when they start, when we had Ash Wednesday this year, it's like, wait, we never had Easter yet. We didn't have Easter yet. Well, if you're just tuning in, I am... Uh, Heather Carroll and I'm speaking with my mom, Linda Baldwin. Um, we're just talking about Holy Week and what it looks like for us, what it means to us, what it might look for, like for you if you have never been to some of these services, um, what to expect. Um, but we're going to take a quick break when we come back. We've only made it to Friday, <laughs> which is good, which is good. <laughs> There's a lot to discuss, but... Um, When we come back, we're going to talk more about Holy Week and invite you to join in on maybe a little something extra this year for Holy Week. We'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after these messages. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Linda Baldwin. And we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't heard, if you have not heard yet, we are a mother-daughter duo. Woohoo! I am the wise daughter. <laughs> and I'm the mama. Not the mama. Not the mama. So we're talking today, this morning, about uh, Holy Week, what it looks like for mom and I, and um, kind of inviting you, if possible. I know a lot of uh, dioceses are different on what they are allowing to happen, but um, just inviting people to maybe attend um, an extra service or two during Holy Week because it really makes a huge impact on Easter. So we've been journeying through Lent and um, the end is near. It's been quite a Lent. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a year. Mom looks looks like she's been through something traumatic. (laughs) Please let this year let Lent be over. Let it be over. Oh my gosh. So we were talking about just kind of what to expect when you go to some of these services during the week because some of them are different, you know. Right. Holy Thursday ends weird. I would say I'll say right. that. I'll say that it ends weird because you, everybody processes out. It's quiet. Yep, silence. Yeah, and that's strange. Right. Powerful. And then- and no more, no more Jesus after that. They, um, 
One of the traditions is morning prayer um, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday that they would do morning prayer together. Um, beautiful morning prayer on those days. And then um, some parishes will do things like on um, Saturday morning at morning prayer, you can bring um, some of the food for your Easter dinner and have it blessed. Kind of some parishes do that um, at morning mass on Thanksgiving mm -hmm. also. So um, some parishes will do that. So if you have something fun, I can still remember one year when we took our our homemade rolls for the blessing in, on the morning and we put them on the dining room table and put this big napkin over the top and the next day when, on Easter when we went to eat them they were it was empty because the dog had eaten, all, had eaten all the buns and we didn't know it holy Kirby <laughs> holy Kirby so Kirby had eaten a whole basket of homemade rolls that, Bless and left roll. the napkin on the top and <laughs> we should have noticed that it looked funny but yeah <laughs> We never, we didn't get any holy rolls. <laughs> so we'd made it as far as discussing Sat Thursday, Friday. We made it to Friday through Friday, right. veneration of the cross. Right. Saturday. So Saturday, um, the Easter vigil starts after. It has to be after um, dark. It, it can't. You can't just start at any old time you want. They have very specific guidelines about the darkness of when it, it can start. And um, in some places, if you have a, a brave pastor, they start outside with a fire and they make next year's Easter, they make the Easter candle, which is the candle that you use all year long for funerals and baptisms. And it, it burns all through the Easter season um, at all the masses. And that's um, the big candle for those that don't giant, know. The yep. big candle that has all the little... Yep, it might look the, like stickers, but they're little knobby things. They're wax. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> wax. They nail. I'm not the professional. The, the wax figures, and and it has the year and the beginning and the end. The alpha, alpha and the omega. omega, and and it's a very um, powerful um, reminder of what is going on. And and when you listen to the words of the bishop, if if you're at a cathedral, and and the all parishes have one too. Mm -hmm. um, and then they bless the cross for using for all the important moments of life, the beginning and the end, the funeral and the baptism, baptism and the funeral. So those, do you know um, where, how they decide? Because every year the design looks different. It's totally just your choice. Just the priest's choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just wondered. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have hundreds of designs. They're just beautiful. So you can, you can have all... So it's not every not everybody's candles going to look the same. Oh no, no, they can. They'll all be okay. different. They'll all be different. Yep. And so then, um, so they're making the candle. I remember. I can remember many a freezing day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> night, many a freezing night <laughs> while they're making the candle, and it seems like. Okay, Mom, I'm going to be honest. It seems like it takes a long time. It does take a long time <laughs> if you're outside. And if the wind is howling, it takes even longer. And if it's raining, then it's you're really in trouble. It's really long. <laughs> yeah. And if it's cold or hot. So the fire part. What's Because the fire? that is the fire. We're bringing the, the light into the church. And so right. the church is dark, and they take, um, they light the candle from the fire, and then... Um, 
process into the church and the people as they come in with their candles that are lit, the church is pitch black and they bring the light into the church and that is just so wonderful if you're mm-hmm. especially when you're in a big cathedral and and process in from the and it's completely dark and you process in from the back with your your candles and just see how each of us, the light of each of our our lives can change the world from a dark place to a light place and it's just Well, and I have the debate beautiful. every year, not just because I want to avoid the cold, but Sometimes I want to be in the church in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Listen. And watch them process in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I love being part of the light. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh-huh. it, I don't it, it know. It's gorgeous. a beautiful feeling. So that's the very beginning of the Easter vigil, which is right. uh, usually, at, or not usually, it's held after dark right, on right. Saturday. Right, right. Saturday night after it's dark. So if your parish is doing the full right. Easter vigil, how long might it take? Um, it depends how many confirmations and baptisms that you have, how many people are joining the church. And it depends. If you're doing them all, it can take like three or four hours. If you've, if you've got someone who has... Um, just does everything and they're not in a hurry racing through it. It can take. It can be a four-hour mass. So you can start at eight and be done it at midnight, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then. So um, what makes it so long? Well, the after you, so you've started outside, and you've had the fire, and you make the Easter candle, and then you process into the church and bring the light in, and then you have um, the exultant, which is um, a long. Um, proclamation that um, can be sung and it it takes quite a while and it takes a fabulous voice to do it and so they will do the exalted which is um, the first of the many readings that we're going to have and then they start with the readings and there are seven readings um, that are salvation history and it goes um, starting with creation and going does our the major readings of our salvation history and then a response oral psalm um, between each and then they do the epistle and the gospel for the Easter. So um, you can be there for an hour and you haven't even finished the readings yet because mm-hmm. that's... But it is so part. powerful to listen to them all. Not And, right. and priests can do uh, shorter versions where they only right. read maybe like three or four of the readings versus all seven. Right. Um, but it is really powerful to hear our salvation history read right. out like that. It is. And usually at the cathedral, they would start in the dark with the candles during the Genesis reading. Do you remember that? Well, and, and, the, and for the exalted, you're, yeah. it's, you're in the dark. And then they usually they have you blow out the candles. Um, I can't remember what the exact minute is, but... Because we're both, you know, totally theologians. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, then they bring up the lights to full when they do the Gloria because you, yes. can, you can, you know, and the bells outside and the, you know, wake up the whole neighborhood, you know, because we're, the Catholics got the lights on. <laughs> Catholics figured out how to turn on their lights. But it's just so beautiful because we haven't is. been able to sing the Gloria for all this time and so now 
Now we do. Now we do. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then, and then, if you have someone who believes in the decoration, you start with the the church plane, and then they have a procession in, and people bring in during the glory of the and decorate the altar and bring in all the flowers. Because Easter's like started. It's yeah. like official. So now, um, after after we start in the dark and plain, now it's beautiful and. So we only have a couple minutes left. Um, So if you go to the Easter Vigil, then you normally don't go to the regular Easter Sunday Mass. You can't. You can, but you it it fulfills your obligation of having gone for Easter, um, like any good four-hour Mass would. (laughs) (laughs) So why um, baptisms, RCIA, confirmation, all of that? Why that day? People who are joining the church, it's it's the. just a tradition that what a beautiful day to join the church mm-hmm. on um, the Easter Vigil. And the bishop um, does the baptisms of the people who are not baptized. If you've been baptized in another faith, you do not. We recognize your baptism if you were baptized Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. We recognize your baptism. So only people who have not been baptized at all or were not baptized in the right the Catholic tradition. Um, and then... They make their confirmation, and then everybody does their first communion together, and it's just wonderful um, to see all of that. It's very and it's very emotional for some of the people. Right. One of one of my very favorite um, Easter vigil stories. We used to sit in the choir lo- choir stalls up in the sacrist um, in the sanctuary, and. One Easter vigil, a young man was baptized, and after he got baptized, he went running over to his sponsor and picked him up and swung him around and around and around and around, and they were both just bawling and bawling, and it was just so exciting, and it just made everybody in church cry because he was so excited, and he just kept swinging his his sponsor around, and I thought, here's two grown men, and you just couldn't help it. You just had to cry with the joy that you saw, and it, it, there's just nothing like the Easter Vigil. <laughs> so it, it, if it can, only we could always ex- expel yes. that much joy. Yeah. Everybody got such joy out of a baptism. Yeah, beautiful. Well, our time has run out, Mom. We made oh, it to darn. the Easter Vigil, but we didn't make it to Easter Sunday. <laughs> <No>. But <laughs> um, once again, if you've missed any of our conversation, you can. Um, go to realpresenceradio.com and you can hear mom and I talking very lay terms, <laughs> very lay terms on what uh, Holy Week can look like for you. We're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to take a look back at 20 years of Real Presence Radio with Father Raymond Courtright. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 